You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear of Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, a rough one. We're calling this episode Orange is the New Black because the yeah. debut of the Orange Helmets was not so pretty. But how was it on the couch? How did it look to you on the couch? You know, the Orange Helmets, when they first were announced, I didn't like them at all. And then when we were at camp and they had them there, and I'm like, man, that actually looked kind of sharp. But then, you know, now I see it again with the orange jersey. I'm like, you know, I just don't like orange as the primary color. It just uh, it does nothing for me. I'm not a big fan of the orange at all. I just think it's uh, – and then with the way they performed, obviously, get that out of here. We don't need that. I think it's just bad luck. It's kind of like when they did the All-Navy for the first time against – you know, years ago they played the Packers in navy jersey, navy pants. Um, and they got they got smoked. Let's retire that look. Let's retire this orange. I know it's coming up again. I think one more game this year, but uh, just give me some some traditional stuff here. So I am happy that they are experimenting and trying new things. I really don't like the navy C on on that helmet. I, I wish they would do something different than that i don't think it looks very good um i i'm i like the fact that they tried something so i'm giving them credit for the attempt um the orange jersey and orange helmet at the same time i actually think is not the right approach i think that the white jersey with the orange helmet might look pretty sharp but i don't like orange and orange it was a little bit too much for me um i Try, I wore an orange uh, sweatshirt, an orange hoodie, and an orange hat to try to match them, you know, to in solidarity there it in is. the stadium um, and, and trying to show my support for the orange. But honestly, with a debut that poor, uh, I, I agree with you. It's they, they again, they get it one more time, but if they come out and they play like that the next time in orange, they may have to consider it a one and done. They better, yeah. If it's, uh, I'm not too uh, superstitious, but you know, sometimes you know, you're a little tea leaves. I'm a little stitious, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, I was at the stadium. uh, Took took number one Bears fan, my mom, to the stadium. Um, It was an enjoyable experience, except for the game and the fact that it was cold. Uh, Was it that cold? I was layered up and it still I was chilled throughout the game. I needed one more layer or a warmer layer somewhere because it was just not enough. I was I was kind of shivering a little bit like minor, you know, like kind of like, oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just it's just a little bit too much. Although I am weak, like I, I, you know, I have realized that I have lost my hardiness uh, for the cold weather. And this was kind of the first real cold. And we were out, you know, five six hours in it and so at some point it was a little bit too cold for me very windy yeah. going to the stadium died down a little bit but still pretty windy and enough to kind of 
take it down another seven, eight degrees with the wind chill. But um, I'm, I'm not built for December football anymore, right? Like I'm not, that's not my thing. I don't want to go to a game that's, that's, that's super cold. If I went to a bears game in January, I would, I would have to go into like the club level. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm just not hardy. I just, I lost it all. I'm, I'm done with that. So that's because this is the new Svelte JB over here. You know, you just can't hack like me. If I went, I'd be fine, you know, but still me, yeah, I'm not trying to go on that weather. I'm not trying to sit in the, in the cold weather. Give me a dome. I don't, I don't care about the, the cold. I have no, no interest in sitting out there for, for three and a half, four hours, freezing my butt off. It just, I have no interest in it. You know, even when I played in high school, a little bit colleges it, and it was cold weather, whatever it was. Man, I had sleeves on. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to look tough. Look tough. I'm cold. Get out of here. Those hits hurt a little more in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's no fun. So, uh, well, let's let's get into the categories. Um, it's a, this is a tough one to break down. This is the yes. first time I saw the game was just a couple hours ago um, in prep for this show. Uh, in terms of the you know the the television view, so what you saw at home, I I see very you know where I was at, I was seeing something very different. You can see something really up close and some cool stuff and between play stuff you get to see um, a little differently. But it's really hard to watch the line you know from from where I was at. Yeah. If they're on the other side of the field, it's very difficult. Uh, but I, I went back and I'm like, oh man, is this is tough to find some some contenders for categories and others are very competitive. One category in particular is very competitive here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see where you're going to go tonight. But every episode we start off with the Portillo's Trench Tribute. Portillo's is partnering up with us this year, giving away a $100 gift card every week. We are not getting a ton of people putting in players of the week. And I know that some of that is just because you guys are frustrated, but that also means that your odds are incredibly high to Good win odds. one of these $100 gift cards. If you just put in, just say, hey, I thought this player was my player of the week. It's not that hard. So uh, respond to where you get your bear and balance. And if that's on the podcast, um, send us an email at yeah. 2ndcitygridiron at gmail.com. That'll get you in. We will check that. We will add you in. Uh, respond to the Twitter post and say, this is my Portillo's player of the week. Uh, respond to us on the website. That'll get you in too. Like Facebook as well. In. We're on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. The, the, YouTube. Wherever the video is streaming, put your, put your thing in there. YouTube. I, I know the winner from last week's fired up. He's from Chicago. He no longer lives here, but man, he's fired up. I talked to him by email. We went back and forth a little bit. He's pretty excited to get this Portillo's gift card. And of course the guy from last week, he had a he had, he tweeted out his his uh, Portillo spread for game day, so that was awesome oh, yeah, to was see. Awesome. And man, it's you know it makes me want to go back to Portillo's now because you know now I have a taste for their beef again. I did go because uh, I don't have one. In town, yeah, that's right. So because we were traveling and uh, wanted to take mom there because I thought she'd enjoy it. She loved it. She yes. loved it. Loved the atmosphere. It's a, you know it's a great little uh, restaurant if you're able to go to the actual physical locations. It's a really fun time. Um, and really enjoy the food. So uh, we got to we got a chance to go there. So for me, trench tribute of the week. Um, I could not find anybody on the offensive line, nor did I want to after that performance. Um, I'm looking on the defensive line. The guy that I had in mind watching it live was Armand Watts because he had a lot of tackles and he, he's getting uh, more snaps and he's you know a new player. They signed off of the Vikings cuts. Um, and it claimed off of the Vikings cuts. And so I was pretty impressed with that performance in the stadium. Watched him pretty close during the, the recap, and I was like, 
pretty inconsistent. You know? Right? He's yes. got a lot of yeah. stuff to work on, but he's, you know, he, again, he's ascending in this roster. Yeah. He's a young, talented player. The Vikings cut him, from what I understand, because he really wasn't a scheme scheme fit. They were hoping to bring him back on the practice squad. They like the player. Um, so this is a guy that does have value in this scheme. They, they're clearly looking to, to increase his playing time because he's earning it and because they see value in him contributing long-term. Um, this was uh, his first kind of bigger statistical game, but it's uh, this is with a caveat that there's also some stuff he needs to work on. Far from dominant. Same exact thing I thought when I was watching the game. Like, you know, I'm going to take a look at Watts, look closely. This is his third now. He started the last three games at the spot. It was Angela Blackson. Uh, the Bears at some point made a switch. He started the last three games along with Justin Jones. I was close to going Watts, but like you said, the inconsistency kind of like there. Are, I mean, it's, it's a it's a gap control. He's supposed to be shooting that gap, right? And and Corey Wooten, former Bear defensive lineman, talked about it on Twitter, saying that in this defense, if you're not getting through that gap, you're not penetrating. It really hurts the defense. You can't over penetrate because that that makes it worse. You got to make sure you you get in your gap, you control it, and you're there. And there were just plenty of times where, like you said, he is inconsistent. He gets blown off the ball. Uh, some of his tackles are made, you know, five yards down the field because he got pushed back. And he, I mean, he scraped and made a good play, which is nice. But, and then I look at the offensive line and, you know, offensive line was tough. You know, there were a couple guys that were not as bad as the rest. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for the O-line here. And I'm going to go Tevin Jenkins for my trench tribute. Oh, no, man. Oh God. Okay. All right. You didn't like that one. I, I, mean, I got, I got a, it's getting... again, we're talking to caveats up and down. You know, I was trying to find a guy. His bad was bad. I I I'm a, I might be giving him something later, and it's not really. Good. Okay. I might be. I'm not happy with what I saw in in parts. I, I, I'm gonna go back. On, I, I haven't ca- caught the all twenty two yet. I don't have time. I, I'm not even sure if it's out yet. But when I go through the all twenty two, I was going off the TV thing, and like I said, th- there were some moments where I, I kind of saw him, and I'm like, some of the pass pro issues are there. Um, but overall. Again, this is a tough week, man. The O-line was rough. The D-line to me was just too rough. I had no one I really could give it to. You know, um, I I will talk about a a just right bear later, but Jenkins this week. All right. All right. I'll I'll, I'll say my piece in a little bit. We'll uh, go there. It's fine. We're okay. You know what? You know what? I'll tell you what. I have multiple options for, for the cold bowl. So I'm just, I'll talk about Tevin here. We talked about it. Uh, I think I'm, it might have been on Bears over Beers, but he had a play last week where he gets beat and he throws the defensive tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson, um, at the feet of Fields. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He did the, He did that last week, and I, I saw it happen, and I was like, oh, my God. Like that, do not get into that habit. That is not a thing that you do. You got away with that, and he, he was deep enough in the pocket. He was able to avoid it. I thought it might have happened again, and it was very again. It was very hard to tell in real time. I didn't get a replay um, when I went back and watched it. He kind of did it again. It wasn't clear. It wasn't as much of a uh, you know a chuck like he did with Tomlinson, but he's a little bit out of position uh, against Jonathan Allen. It was just late in the game. Um, Jonathan Allen's rushing against Mustafer, the the guy that's head up on Tevin. Um, uh, starts off and then and then does a does a loop. He's, he's playing a game, and so he recovers, tries to recover to help out Mustafer on Allen. But as he do- does that, his momentum takes Allen to the ground, and he pushes Allen from behind 
into Justin Fields' uh, yeah. lower body. That's why it wasn't called. People around me like, hey, that's a flag. And I was like, I, I, I had such a bad – I go, I'll bet you 20 bucks that Tevin threw him at his feet. And I, when it came up and it happened, I was like, there it is. There it is. You cannot do that. Because here's the thing. He was this close to ending Justin's year. That, that's how close that was. You throw a giant defensive tackle at the, at the knees of your quarterback, he's, he's avoiding the rush from deep. He's stepping up into the pocket. So he's stepping up, and giant Jonathan Allen is coming at him and can't control himself and is, and is falling down towards his knees. Justin being a freak athlete, able to little sidestep, he still gets sacked, yeah. but he is able to sidestep and save himself. And then he's down on the ground for a long period of time. So honestly, I was going to just tear Tevin on that point because I talked about it last week or I talked about it Wednesday. Like I, I can't even, I don't even have. Yeah. It was just a couple days ago. Yeah. Right, it was just a couple days ago. And here he is doing basically the same thing with the same result, but this time it's even worse because Justin happens to be stepping up. And this I think is a, is a reflection of his poor form and yes. him somehow thinking that this is a good idea to try to get him down on the ground. It is a bad idea. If you are beat at that point, you got to just let it be beat because let Justin make that athletic move to get away from, from Allen at that point, or let him get hit square and not awkwardly on the, on the lower body. So honestly, I was, I was going to kill him. <laughs> on yeah, hey, he so, does, part go. of it is part of it is tackle guard, right? Yeah. If you're, at ta- if you're at tackle and you're getting a little bit like that, you can use the defender's momentum and just whip him past the pocket. Cause that's what you feel inside a guard. It's a little different Then that's, that, that's a good point. This is where, this is where him not getting the reps in, in camp. This is where him splitting reps in game. You know, these are things that he should have worked through this. I mean, I'm sure the coach would talk to him about it. You know, he's still probably the only, the only long-term, you know, guy that you're comfortable with at O-line. He just needs the reps. He needs to work. Hopefully he's there for the rest of the season. Hopefully he works through some of these, these little mistakes because I mean, like I said, I gave it to him, but it's like, you know, there was some, the bad was really bad, you know, but it's like, it was a tough week, man. I'm like, where do you go when everyone's the, the, both trenches are like, I, you know, I know, I know. I believe me. You can, you can <laughs> say my pick got just, you know, blown off the ball and destroyed. Yeah. And I agree with you. I, uh, and so I, I get it. I was just particularly upset about that, that play because, yeah. you know, in the moment I, you know, I'm looking at this going, Oh my God, I just talked about this. I just talked about how this is a bad thing and about how this can come back to you. And here's Justin on the ground again. Like it was like that scene from wedding crashers where they're playing pickup football and they're like your brother's on the ground again. <laughs> what is happening? Right? Like every time I turn around, Justin Fields is on the ground and they're, he's very slow to get up. And this lineman are like bending down and like yanking him off the ground. Like he was not having it, but um, all right, let's let's move off of this because I feel like I could just keep going and like you know this is a, it, we've we've entered release a uh, relief valve here and then, and I'm just kind of blowing steam. So let's go to the tweet of the week. Um, I'll start us off here. Our friend Brad Spielberger, who's at PFF underscore Brad, uh, Bears in goal to go tonight. Uh, Eleven plays, seven yards, one interception, zero points. That is unbelievably disgusting this game should not have actually been close let alone a loss this game should have been a route um, they should have been putting the pressure on washington to play catch up which means 
Carson Wentz would have had to throw the ball more. He was already throwing it in harm's way, just got away with it quite a bit. Um, this is the story of the game. 11 plays in goal to go, only seven yards, a turnover, no points. 0 for 3 in the red zone. I mean, of course, the, the last red zone was the, the last play of the game, but still, 0 for 3 in the red zone. The Bears are moving the ball. I mean, they're moving the ball pretty good. I mean, as, as much as the offense – was Justin Fields this week? You know he didn't get a lot of help from his from his line, from his from his receivers and stuff. They moved the ball seven points. Come on, that's this is just horrendous. This is the game, like you said, the Bears could have won this game. It, it was there for them. Over three in the red zone. That's a horrible looking stat. Just get that off the screen for you guys on YouTube. I'm sorry you got to look at that. That's just it's not a, it wouldn't even be a stat. This is my That's tweet, terrible, but like yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take it off. I don't oh, no, mine is, mine's even worse here. <laughs> for, 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 for my tweet of the week is from uh, ESPN Stats and Info. Uh, Justin Field was pressured 18 times tonight, tied for the most in a game in his career. And we're talking a career that had that Browns game in it, which is. Uh, Fields has now been pressured on 46% of his dropbacks this season, the highest rate of a pressure a QB has faced in the first six games of a season since ESPN began tracking pressures in 2009. What do you say to when when you have no – look, Justin Fields is responsible for some of the pressure. I think it's been well documented. He is part of the the pass protection. He has got a – but this game – there has been other games where his his pass pro has just been awful. There were just so many plays where you where you watch the play happen, and then here's a guy in his face now. Like the five guys are not working in unison. Mustafer, Lucas Patrick. What does Lucas Patrick do for this team? I don't understand where he's coming from. Braxton Jones had a horrible game, you know. Just not a good game in pass pro. The pressures are there. Like you already talked about he was hit so much he was hurting after that game i mean he's he talked about his left shoulder Uh, i was a bit sore he said he dinged it up a while back and it kind of got hurt again um you got to keep your guy upright i mean it's like i just don't understand what this the whole team building aspect i mean i i understood it in the moment when ryan poles is doing his thing and i'll have more on polls later I'm, i'm not happy with what's going on with some of the stuff but this was this is your plan here. This this is what you have here. This is the weapons you figured you'd surround him with. It just you cannot let your quarterback get pressured that much. He had sacked five times and then there were 12 quarterback hits. That's just unacceptable. Yeah, I was starting to tally up the number of rushers that he just eluded as well. Oh. You know, and I, I think I about got to double digits. Like he was he yes, he creates some of these pressures. I understand that, but he also is and he's getting sacked at an incredible rate imagine if he was a statue you know imagine if he was a statue that couldn't move in the pocket that did get rid of the ball to some degree you know he would still have more sacks than he has now even i mean just because he can get out of this so much so many of these rushes the, the numbers aren't i mean they're already catastrophically bad but they'd be earth shattering if they, if he wasn't able to do some of this stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, we are in that, in that zone where how do you properly evaluate him and how do you, how do you give him grief when he, if he bails from a pocket early when he's constantly under pressure and he's just, I I mean, I don't want to say seeing ghosts, but that's kind of what it, you, you can almost see how that happens. 
right? It, it's What's going to happen next yeah. week when Bill Belichick uh, figures out how to uh, – He's pl- he gets an extra day to game plan against Justin Fields. He's going to be bringing crazy pressure, simulated pressure. He's, he's going to be doing all kinds of stuff to get into his head. Yeah, it's going to be rough. I mean, the, the Bears just finished the easy part of their schedule. And, uh, right, and and they're you know not very good, so it's going to be rough these next few weeks. There's only a couple games left where, <laughs> I mean, I don't know that there's anybody worse than Washington on the schedule. I mean, Washington's a bad football team. They're, they're they bad. are a bad football. If you watched that game last night and thought, oh, Washington's okay, they are a bad football team. We knew that going in, and they didn't do anything to win that game except for just stand there and not turn the ball over. That's it. Like they 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 did not deserve to win that game. But the Bears certainly didn't deserve to win it. And sometimes, you know, two negatives, you just take the one that's least negative. So that was that's how I graded the game out. It's funny because you look at the last Thursday's game. I mean, that was like all over the place. Like, oh, my God, this is one of the worst games ever. It was just terrible. The Bears and, and, and Commanders, they had fewer points than that game last week. This is a worse game than that one. I mean, I, I may have been a little more entertaining. I don't know. I mean, as a Bears fan, I guess I was more entertained because I got to watch my favorite team, but oh, that was just brutal. That was a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. All right. Caught up in number game. Let's get into the stats. So uh, my number this week is 65. 65 is what the Bears are on pace for for number of sacks allowed this year. That's terrible. They've given up 23 already. Uh, if they keep that pace, which is a very high pace, that would be seven more than the bears gave up last year. The bears led the league last year with 58 sacks allowed. So that would be an incredibly bad start to Justin Fields, career. Assuming Justin Fields can survive many more starts and it's not Trevor Simeon taking, taking these sacks. But you know we're in a we're in a position here where we're starting to talk about David Carr numbers, yeah. and no one wants to talk about David Carr numbers. And this is the downside to the survive survive the the gap year and come back next year with all this money and draft capital and build it around him. If if you've broken him beyond repair, then you've defeated the purpose. And I'll, these high sack numbers are what can do that to a talented young quarterback. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Carr. That's the first thing I thought of when you mentioned those numbers. I think his his rookie year was sacked like 72 times. It was just an unreal number of times. But through two years, I mean, Justin Fields is on pace to have those historically awful numbers. And and you talked about seeing ghosts, and this is what happens. A young young quarterback, you know, if he doesn't trust what he sees, he starts thinking something's happening, it's not happening. You know, we saw moments in the game last night where – there were passes to make and he didn't trust it, whether it's he didn't trust his line in front of him. He doesn't trust the receiver to come open. I mean, look, we, we ripped Dante Pettis a week ago because how, who he is, we know he's, he's a guy in like his third or fourth team. He's just a guy out there. He was one of the better weapons. Justin Fields had yesterday. That's terrible. If Dante Pettis is one of your guys, you're going to in clutch situations. What the hell are they doing here? That is, that is, Roster building malpractice at this point. It's just, uh, it's rough. Yep. I mean, we knew it, but <laughs> until you see it and then see it in reality, you know, it's like, oh, okay, this was worst case scenario. Yeah. There it is. What about you? 
What do you uh, got? My number is uh, the number 392. And uh, we talked a little bit earlier in the show about how the Bears were in this game. They could have won this game. That's that's the total yards the Bears had, which is the most they've had in almost a year. The last time they had this many was uh, against the Steelers last year in mm. November when they had 414. Um, 392 yards and just seven points to show for it. It's just, again, unacceptable. And this, you know, yeah, yeah, field and the offense, you know, but let's let's talk a little Luke Luke Getze here too. You know, it's you know, some of those play calls down there in the red zone is like he has shown, you know, he gets a little different, you know. I think you you had a good point on on Bears over Beers. Just let Justin Fields do Justin Fields stuff. You know, you were talking about how how he seems to heat up as the game gets going on. And part of it is because he has more more plays to make because he's been making plays throughout the game. Give him more chances, you know. Who is this team? Like, what are they at this point? We don't know because they've been conservative. We thought they're going to finally open things up last week. They were a little more. Um, they were they were taking some more chances with 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 the coach. It seemed like they're going to open things up a little bit. And then here we are again, back in the red zone. Some of these some of these runs, some of these uh, you know not you know they weren't rolling them out on the passes. You know, it's the game's on the line, and you're going a straight drop back. You know, give Justin Fields an option here. Don't just drop him straight back with, with the, you know, like, why are we being so conservative? Like, this is the play call. No, let him, he's an athlete. Let him do what he can do. You know, I'm not saying that he should be out of the pocket all the time. But I think in some situations when, you know, the game is on the line, do something with him. Put him on the move. Give him an option. Yeah, I think, you know, you talk about the big yardage numbers and and, and not getting the points. And kind of talk about those goal to go situations a little bit more to kind of expand on the you know the Brad Spielberger tweet too. Like th- this is get into the Getsy play calling a little bit here. The the first goal to go situations that interception. I don't know. Like I I'll look at it on the all twenty two when it comes out. But like okay, he hits him in the helmet, <laughs> and, then, and then it's picked off. I, I mean, no idea. That's on that's on field. So I mean, yeah. he, he's not throwing it in the lane. Um, you know, I, I tend to like aggressive play calling in, in, in that uh, you know, low red zone area. So I don't know. It seemed like a good idea, uh, but clearly not a good pass decision there. Okay, fine. That second series where it, they're down there because of Herbert, that, in that big Herbert run, that was way too much of, man, we got to let Herbert uh, pay this off. We got to let him cash it in. Because why is Herbert in the game? When you have Dave Montgomery, who's clearly more of the battering ram and, you know, nose for the end zone kind of guy. And so why did, you know, you you gave him that first and goal carry because, hey, you got to got to let him have a chance. And then you give him a fourth and one, a fourth and goal carry from the one with a heavy, tight package. Unless he's jumping, unless he's going over the top. That is the dumbest decision. Like, it, unless David Montgomery is in the locker room because get, getting a t- medical attention, there's no reason why David Montgomery shouldn't be running that run or Khalil Herbert is running something with space. But yep. that is play calling malpractice if you are going to run Khalil Herbert on a power run in tight formation. I don't like it anyway. Like, that's not my, that's not my kind of play calling. But if you're going to do it, put the right personnel on the field. 
Plus, he had he mentioned he had a long run, and, and I, I saw that it was a next-gen stat. He ran something like 90-some yards on that play because he went this way, he went that way. He cut back across the field. I mean, I'm sure he's in great shape, but I'm sure he's a little gassed. So I was surprised he was even in there at that point anyway. You know what? You have, you have David Montgomery yep. who should be fresh. Yep. You know? Yes, I get this is Herbert's drive, and they kind of rotate the backs on a drive-by-drive basis. But you're at the goal line. You know, Montgomery's a better pass blocker. So if you are going to pass, he's, I'd rather have him be in the game anyway. And like you said, he's a he's a more physical runner at that point in the game, especially if you're going to go up the middle, you know, something tight. If you're going to do something on, on the edge and you feel Herbert's your best option, fine. Do, do a pitch to him, quick pitch, something like that. But David Montgomery should have been in the game at that point. And I'm with you. I don't like the condensed tight package. I don't like bringing everybody in. You know, especially with Herbert, you know, bring them out, you know, spread things out. You're just bringing in all the defenders to you. And I, I know the offensive line has been a better run blocking unit this season. I still don't trust them to get you a yard. I don't I trust them don't trust against them. Washington's front for no, sure. No, that's a hell of a front. Right? Yeah. That's a yeah. really good defensive line. And your offensive line is not that good. So that's not understanding the context either. Yes, I was over 100 yards away. And I was losing my mind at what was happening. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And everybody's around me is like, nothing's happened yet. And I'm losing my mind because of the personnel on the field. Yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> that, that was absolutely happening. And people around me, I think, I think thought I was a little crazy. And then it didn't work. And you, but you could see it coming a mile away. Like this is, oh, this is a train wreck. This is a bad idea. Um, and it didn't work out. Very frustrating to me. Uh, the, those sequence, the, the, the last sequence. I don't know. Like clearly they missed the PI, uh, uh, defensive pass interference I'm on third down. That. That, I mean, that, that guy mugged him, Yeah, mugged him. Should have been first and goal from the one new set of downs. You know, the bears probably win that game and the, the fade to Mooney. I don't love it. I don't love it at all. Mooney's got Mooney high points it. he has it, but it's, it's there. It hits him in the hands. He high points it. He's got to catch it. If you're going to be a yeah. number one, even you're going to be a number two in this league. You got to catch that ball. He, I mean, he did everything right, except for actually bring the ball down. He, he holds on to it. The game's over. I mean, yep. or the Bears are in the lead yeah. uh, with less than a minute left. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't like a lot of what I saw in the low red zone there. There's a lot, there's a lot to not like. I think it's fair. I mean, we're five games in out of Luke Getze. There were a couple weird games early with the game script, but now we're starting to see some tendencies. We're starting to see him kind of who he is and, you know, he's starting to get some national criticism now. You know, some people out there are, are, are saying stuff about him. They're not quite sure. And, you know, we talked about it last week. He's, he's still a young coach. He's still trying to find his way as a play caller. You know, hopefully he gets better. Hopefully he finds his his footing at some point. But so far, man, it's uh, it makes you wonder if they got the right guy calling plays. He's off to a rough start, that's for sure. Six yeah. games in, it's uh, the report is not great. But the Fields report, we'll go through it real quick. We've talked a lot about Fields already. Um, but 14 to 27, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That was that uh, carom off the helmet uh, down in the five-yard line, first goal or you know goal-to-go situation. Took five sacks, uh, losing 36 yards there. Did run the ball 12 times for 88 yards, including that incredible highlight towards the end, which, dang, if you, know, if you could have just gotten a move on wild goose um awesome name, a name of a human person in this game uh you know and scored the touchdown there we would have taken away a lot of pain here but you know incredible run is able to get down all the way down to the five yard line and this is after he looked 
I thought they were calling plays for a little while because they're like, well, he can't move. So we're just going to like give him a break, you know, but, and I, I was, I was like, Oh, he's actually, they're actually going to throw the ball. He's running. Oh my God. Like he's incredible. Right. So this, this performance from fields, once again, I mean, hovering around 50% passes completed, not good enough. Like, I mean, that it's bad. And then you kind of watch, you go back and watch. Yeah. Some of those are on him. Absolutely. Uh, some of just bad throws or tight coverage that, you know, whatever. And then he just, he got more drops. He got more just bad plays by your, your, uh, your receiving core. No one getting open. Um, it's tough, man. These, these stats are, these stats are brutal, but so much of it is context. Yeah. I mean, it's the stats are historically bad. I mean, his, his start to his, his, you know, year here, I think this is what his 15th, 16th start still, we're still talking about a young quarterback, and we it's always the same. You know, development is not linear, you know, but the trends are starting to show up. There's some issues happening here. We have to see how he, he can fight through this stuff. And you know, at his press conference after the game, he, he was he was frustrated. You know, he's you know, the stuff he had to say, it's good to hear. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you want to hear your quarterback say. You know, he he took the blame on that on that missed, you know, t- uh pass to Ryan Griffin in the end zone. You know, now we got some a bunch of NFL guys coming out today saying that was a little bit on Griffin too because the way he ran the route seemed like he was looking back for it a little too too soon. You know, I'm sure the timing of that in practice was a little different. But Justin Fields said that's that's his play. He's got to make that play. And there were a few of those, but, man, it's just like we see so much. We see so many flashes. We see so much, oh, my God, that is a that is a play only a guy like Justin Fields can make. Then, of course, we haven't talked about the, the great throw he had to Pettis. You know, just a nice deep touch, you know, right there for him. A hell of a catch by Pettis who we, we take shots at. But, you know, the flashes are there. You know, who is Justin Fields? How do you evaluate him with this talent around him, which is like it's a whole other level. It's like what are they doing? It's just very – uh as a fan, it's a frustrating product to watch because you want to believe in the vision. Right. But it's hard. It's tough. It's like, what is the vision when, like you said, what if Justin Fields is broken by the time they have all this cap space and all their draft picks? What if Justin Fields can't come back from that? Well, quick note on the Pettis uh, play. That was directly in front of us. That was the corner that we were in. And, so, and you had no video? I figured you'd have some video of that one. So – um, I, I'm not, I'm no Greg Braggs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I wanted to enjoy the game. I think there's a little bit of like living in the moment. I did try to take a few pictures, you know, just for myself document, you know, like where we're at and took a couple pictures during, you know, basically during the snap and stuff like that. I had my phone out. There was this weird moment of activity to my left. There was, uh, someone who was coming back with some snacks and they, you know, had stepped into the front row and then up on the seat to get to their seat in the second row. And, and it caught my eye. And so I look over to this person and as, as he's stepping up, he gets hit in the side of the head with a beach ball. (laughs) I'm not making this up. This is something that happened. And this person kind of lost his mind when this happened and started yelling at people. And, and, and I was like, what, you know, what is happening? I turn back and I see Dante Pettis and the defender like running like right in front of me. And then, you know, so I'm catching this kind of halfway through. I see the ball coming and I see him catch and I'm like, oh, my!" it was just this like crazy two seconds of my life. 
trying to make sure I'm not going to like, you know, get somebody getting in a fight behind me and then this amazing play that was right in front of me but i can see it in my mind still this this uh this catch it was fantastic fun catch um so i did not get any photographic I, i'm actually really proud of myself for not throwing my phone onto the field because i had it in my hand and i like threw my oh, hands up yeah. and i was like oh man i i you know absolutely could have just thrown my thrown my phone on the field at that point i was so excited but well that's interesting cool. that, that you mentioned that you nearly missed the play because people watching the game on amazon prime they nearly missed the play as well the the, the the it was just horrible there were a few times where amazon prime was like missing the start of a play or they wouldn't go back and and, and do the replay it was like what are we doing here so like that play there is no good shot of it so when the all 22 comes out i want to see exactly what happened you know how Justin Fields was hit because after that pass, he was on the floor for a while, like on the turf. Yeah. He ended up doing some push ups. So it's like, good, he's up there. But again, Justin Fields stood in there, I'm assuming, and got hit because there was no, <laughs> there was no clear replay, you know? Well, I wasn't watching him. And yeah. so I'm celebrating. And then someone like taps me on the shoulder and like points to Fields and it points, points to the, to midfield. And I look and I'm like, I'm like, uh oh. Oh, what is, you know, well, first of all, I go, is there a flag? Like, cause you know, that's what I, that's what you immediately would say, Hey, settle down. Yeah. You know? And he's like, no, like he's down. And I was like, God, I mean, it was all game. I mean, (laughs) I'm not saying that to him. I'm saying it to the line. Like he's just constantly just getting beat up. God, it it was a tough one. It was a tough one. So, and what was happening with the line? where they were constantly like coming in and out. Cause I was like, all right, Jenkins is limping to the locker room. And then he came out and he wasn't in the game. Right. And, they said it was his shoulder. He had a shoulder issue. Oh, I mean, I, I don't want to say he was limping. He was like shuffling. Yeah. Like he was very slowly gingerly walking. So it wasn't like a, like a limp, like a, a leg, but it was like, you can tell he's in pain. Yeah. And, and then he comes out and you see, Schofield and uh, Carter were uh, Carter was getting him warm. Jatir Carter was getting him warm, like taking some some line reps where you know he's getting into it. And so was, that's why I, tw- I tweeted out like, "Hey, I think Schofield's coming in." Um, and then Jenkins came out and he was just standing on the sidelines when when they went in. Like, okay, yep, confirmed. This is this is happening. And then like a little while later, like Reef was in like ran into the game. I don't even know if he was in for a snap or not. And then he was back out. Like there were all these linemen were like like running in and out. And then like, for some reason, Jenkins went back in and it almost didn't seem like there was a coach next to him saying like, all right, you're back in. He just, just like, he just went back in the game. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening right now with the line. Well, Patrick had to leave for a concussion thing. They wanted to evaluate him for concussion. So he came out for a few plays I mean, he obviously was fine. He went back in. He passed whatever test he had to go through there. But I guess there was, like I said, the Amazon was not a very good. You know, they weren't okay. very good. Not a lot of good information there. But from what I gathered, at you know, after the fact, going through going through some some stuff on Twitter, you know, it seemed like a shoulder injury. That they kind of wanted to keep Jenkins out if they could. They couldn't because Patrick got injured. They're not going to put in uh, Carter as a rookie at this point. So Jenkins went back in. I don't know. Lucas Patrick had a uh, had a rough game, so you know maybe he should have stayed in the blue tent for a while because something was going on with him. All right, well l- let's leave it here, and we're going to get on the other side of this thing, and we're going to talk about the three bears.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk about the three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. So uh, I go first. I think that we could go a couple of different places. Um, I I think that I'm just going to give it to Dante Pettis for that amazing highlight play. It was right in front of me. I will probably remember that for as long as I uh, have a memory because it was right in front of me. It was very cool. Um, he did make a great play. He made a couple of actually really good plays in front of that side of the field throughout the game. Four catches, 84 yards, I believe, is what his final line was. Um, and so we called him out last week. You know, he's he's been he's been rough. He did make some plays here. Um, definitely above our expectations. Our our yeah. expectations for him are not that very high, but he he certainly uh, exceeded those. Provided the the lone scoring highlight for us uh, to to witness in person, and it was uh, it was a cool moment. And so I'm personally going to give that to Dante Pettis. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same spirit of you for the hot bowl. It's uh, because of the nice, long Khalil Herbert run. That's why I'm going to give it to Herbert this week. Seven carries, 75 yards, 10.7 average, of course, is helped along by that 64-yarder he had. But nice play. You know, he broke some tackles. That, that, that play was a nice play because we got to see Justin Fields hustling down, trying to get in and make a block. It just shows you the passion. You know, then you watch the replay. You know, Braxton Jones was, was was hustling downfield trying to make a play. Tevin Jenkins was trying to get down there. You know, they were trying to get him in. And I think the team may, may have took that a little too far, like you said, because they tried to keep Herbert in and try and get him his, his, his six points there. But it was a rough one. Just like last week, I had to go with Mooney for the one catch. There's no, like, above and beyond player happening right now so it's it's a tough one uh for, for the hot this week again so you're giving the hot bowl of porridge to orange juice for the week orange yeah juice oh, herbert wearing oh, the orange jerseys man. <laughs> have you been holding on to that one this whole this oh, i have it written down in my notes man. i had to burn it at some point there it was <laughs> nice that's all i got that's all i that's got okay man. all right for the cold what do you got for the cold this week uh i I had a couple written down, um, but we've already thrown some some shade. At, I, I did on Tevin, and uh, we've already done a little bit on Luke Getze. But um, I will I will call out Velas Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. That's you're still winning the game. Like you you make a mistake like that, and unfortunately that was right in front of us. I will remember that for a long time as well. Uh, you gifted them the lead and the win. That was unbelievably <laughs> unbelievable that that would happen again to him. And I think he lost his footing and it hit off his face mask. I mean, it was just this like disgusting play. So <laughs> here's it's bad. Um, just let it bounce, you know, at that point. But I, I, this is what you're drafted for. Yeah. This is what you're drafted for. Anything you give on offense is, is the cherry on top is the, you know, uh, is bonus. It's gravy, right? You were brought in for sure as a rookie to handle the return duties. That's what you're there for. And so if nothing else, secure the ball. You got to, I mean, 
I can't even, it's so obvious, you know, it's it's such an obvious one to do here, but here's a question for you. And I don't know the answer. I didn't get time to like try to search the rule book. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hit up Jack. If you don't know Um, the gunner that ended up recovering that fumble, he stepped out of bounds. So if you watch the play, the side judge that comes in, to um, try to pull people off the scrum, and he ends up he ends up pointing to Washington having the football. He doesn't have his hat on, so I'm uh, it's right in front of me, and I see him throw his hat on the ground, which means that the player stepped out of bounds. That's yeah. what that means when that guy ha- does that on a punt. Okay, I thought that guy couldn't touch, be the first person to touch the ball. Okay, so is he not the first person to touch the ball because Valus muffed it, or is he like he? Like, so he recovers the fumble. So to me, he was like, well, he's the first defender to touch the ball. Can he not do that? Or is it because it was a muff that doesn't matter anymore? And he's reestablished himself. I don't know. I was waiting for a flag. I was, you know, grasping at straws. And it was kind of, it was, you know, desperate. Was, <laughs> desperate was, he, was, was the player forced out? Because I know there's a difference if he steps out of bounds on his own accord. Or well, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I couldn't, a... I couldn't see that. But I but I just know the hat The hat went out. The hat that went that down. is the you rule. I, yeah. I mean, maybe because Jones muffed it. So technically, he. I mean, I mean, he did touch it, obviously, first. So that's a, uh, yeah. That's, so maybe that's Jones touched it first. And then this guy touches it second. And so maybe the maybe it's where that guy can't down it. Like that guy can't be the guy that downs it. Anyway, Regardless, the place uh, I that play sucked, and <laughs> Valus makes me very angry that he's not doing the one job that he was supposed to do when he came in. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Uh, for for my cold this week, again, a lot of options, and this is probably a bit too early for this because it's a long season still. But Ryan Poles roster construction. Be, during the offseason, I'm like, okay, I get his plan. I see where he's going here. I, I understand what he's trying to do. He has, he's handcuffed with you know 60 some million in dead cap, but there was money there. He could have done something. He could have went after a little better player. Let's not forget, Dakota Dozier was in line to be your starting right guard on this team. Dakota Dozier could not even make the Vikings 53 man roster a season ago. When they signed Dozier, I'm thinking, okay, this is a signing because he knows the scheme. He's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. He's the guy that will come in and kind of, you know, help help be a coach in the field, kind of help, you know, get these young guys knowing the, the the scheme they're trying to run here. I never expected him to be a starter, but then here we are all through the offseason, all through camp, he's your starter, right guard. Ridiculous. This is the move. They didn't bother with Michael Schofield or Riley Reef until training camp. So they went through the entire summer, okay, I'm like, fine, you're finally bringing in veterans. That's good here. The whole Tevin Jenkins drama situation, you know, maybe in hindsight, you should have left him at right tackle. You know, I had no problem. He was a tackle. They want him at guard. That's fine. But there's obviously something going on here with your entire team. There's something here. So, you know, you get four draft picks on day three. That's that's your plan. He was adamant that he was going to fix the O-line. That was his thing. He's an, he's an ex-O-lineman. Ian Cunningham, assistant GM, XO lineman. And this is the offensive line that he gives Justin Fields. And I'm not even going to talk about the replacement level receivers that he brought on the team. I mean, Byron Pringle, he's a guy. He, he's okay. But th- that's your big signing. Like I said, it's probably too early. You can't, I mean, his his journey in the NFL is not over. Right. But, but 
you know, this was what he thought was the best way to do it. How do you evaluate Justin Fields when he's got a bunch of guys like this around him that can't get open, that can't block? You're going to get your quarterback killed. And now, yeah, it's not your guy, but that he's your guy because that's who you have on your team. You're not going to turn to Trevor Simeon. What the hell are we doing here? So cold bowl, I got to put it on Ryan Poles this week. Well, I I like that a lot. And one guy you didn't mention is Lucas Patrick. And oh, I, the Lucas Patrick. I'm trying to maybe I'm trying to get him out of my head. No, I, I. But here's the thing: is when it happened, you know, when when these guys sign, you know, you know, and you don't know much about them, um, you know, I try to I try to watch them. I try to go, uh, you know, talk to some people that have watched them directly to cover the team. You know, I I did five questions with for you know, a few years. So I've got some contacts from, you know, that like me that cover different teams and the Packers guy that I like to talk to, call, uh, he's Matt, uh, Matt on Twitter, yeah. you know, call me Matub, Right. I reached out to him and like, Luke's Patrick, what is he? And he's like, good interior backup offensive lineman. You're in trouble if he's starting for you. Yeah. And I said, okay. And I said, center or guard. And he's like, don't put him at guard. And I was like, okay. Right. And so this whole time I'm like, I don't like this. Let's get him out of guard. Let's see if he's a center. That's what you brought him in for. You know, that that's fine. I still couldn't believe that that was their plan at center. Cause I still thought there was going to be somebody else and he was going to just be the, the top backup. And then that ended up being their top, top signee to, you know, this is going to be the anchor, you know, it's like, Oh, all right. You know, I, I don't see it, but these guys are the experts. So let's see what happens. Still want to see what he looks like at center. Yeah. You know, but Guard ain't it. Oh, we've talked a lot about centers, Sam Mustafer, and, you know, we've a lot of – he has improved over a season ago, but as we always say, that's a very low bar. You know, he he, he may have stepped up a little bit, and I understand that the pro football focus grades came out, and he graded out pretty well for this game. I did not spend a lot of time watching him, particularly on this game, because Patrick was just so bad. You know, he had so many mistakes there when he was in. But is he really your best option? Is I mean, is this really the best five they have right now? You really can't get Riley Reef in there somewhere somehow. I'm not sure if he, if he's working at guard at all right now. I'm not sure if that's the plan. Alex Leatherwood, gotta be Leatherwood. Awful. Gotta get Leatherwood. He was in there. terrible last year with with the Raiders. Yep, I know. But on this line, he may be one of your best five. Yeah. Again, we're talking about how could Ryan Poles think this is the way to go? Oh. I don't know. All right. Just right bull for me. I, I'm going with the guillotine. Guillotine yeah. had a good week. Um, you know, good punts. You know, he continues to be solid and, and just having a nice rookie year. And uh, just a little special treat that he was right in front of me. And he got he, he may have heard his nickname yelled at him um, because I yelled it. And the guy next to me yelled it multiple times. Uh, and so I, I have to believe that he has now heard his name, his nickname. And I hope that he likes it and that we eventually get it going enough to where he sees it in, in you know, where he starts seeing it regularly and he, we get into it. Make those T-shirts finally. I got I need a designer. If anybody's listening that actually designs this stuff, I've got ideas, but I'm not a good enough to put it on a T-shirt. Uh, let's get a T-shirt out there. Maybe we can get one to Trent and Gil. I had Gil written down as one of my guys. I was thinking about some stuff. I thought about Patrick Scales. You know, just because it was just a rough game. And, and, and I, but I did go through it and I'm going back to the O line here because the spirit of the just right is a guy that plays about how I expect him to play. 
And again, we're talking about a guy, Larry Borum, right tackle. I graded him out. He was probably the best as far as consistent um, on the line. I, I had him down for 70 plays. Again, the TV copy was, I think I might have missed a couple in there. Um, negative 12, which you think, oh, that's terrible. But out of 70 plays, that's a low B, 82.9%. So if you're grading him on a, on a, on a school scale, you're like, Larry Borm gets a B minus uh, for the day. I talked a little about Jenkins, kind of the same way with Borm. Some of his bad was really bad. But, you know, he, he's he's – I still want to see him as your swing. I think he's better there. I think that's probably where he is. But we're still talking about a second-year player. He's still growing. He's learning. Braxton Jones on the left side was terrible. He had a really bad game, you know. And, and, and this is a week after I thought he was okay last week. Again, his bads – this is pretty much can be said about the entire five. Their bad is really, really bad. And and like when I grade, I don't grade on a on a on a, on a you know percentage point. I don't say, oh, that's that's a triple negative. No style point. No style point. So so like, you know, there were a few plays last week with Braxton Jones where he was it seemed like he was going the wrong way, you know. But overall, eh, he's okay. Borum again, some of his bad is bad. Um, he was pretty good in, in, in pass protection. I don't think I had him down for any pressures at all. He had a few times where he got kind of bowled back a little bit, but for the most part, he stayed in front of his man. That's what you want your guy to do. Um, and then there were some run plays where he just was like missing. The thing with some of those outside zone plays is the offensive linemen get on a track. They step a certain direction, and they're supposed to block who's in front of him. Sometimes there's no one in front of him. So it looks like, what is Larry Borum doing? That's what it looks like when you're watching it. But you're like, well, who's he supposed to do? You know, he's on your track. You're going this direction. There is no double team to make, so you're not helping and, and it's peeling off. And at his, you know, six foot five, you know, 320, whatever he is, he's not going to outrun the DB coming across the field to get in his way. So all you can do is just run towards the play and hope something happens. And then, like, for example, the Khalil Herbert run, they all ran that direction. It helped because now when Herbert comes back, he's able to cut off some of those blocks. It happens. Larry Borm. He's okay. He was fine this week. <laughs> He's not your biggest problem. That's, He's not your biggest problem in that yeah, line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I like that. That That's fair. Um, they were uh, – Jenkins and Borum were two of the last players off the field. We, we we stuck around. You know, we kind of were trying to yell at – I mean, they were all angry. You know, we were kind of like, hey, you know, we believe in you. You know, that kind of stuff. Trying to, trying to be – everybody else filed out. Believe me, there was very few people left. And uh, – and Patrick Scales actually came over and took a picture with with uh, you know a young man who kind of yelled, "Hey, Pat, can we get a picture?" And he came over and was very very you know gracious and, and did that. Those long snappers, so, man. Those long know. snappers, man. They Chicago loves for a reason. Yeah. So yeah, they was the kid was very excited uh, about it and you know just talking about how great Patrick Scales <laughs> was like over and over like it kept happening like how great he was and how how excited he was for that. And that's awesome, you know, and that that's the kind of thing that. You know, if they would have pulled out the win, you would have expected a little bit more of that, a little bit more of the players, you know, given positive reaction. But I think, um, you know, my closing thought for the game, you know, in being there is that I, I actually didn't really witness good energy from the team. And I'm not like a I'm not going to get into body language takes or anything like that. that's not what I'm going with. But I didn't see a team that was like really excited to be out there and like feeding and like, you know, get rally. We're going to be okay. The only time I saw anybody like encourage the crowd was when they started chanting BS 
uh, to yeah. a missed call. And one of the players turned around and like, like put his arms up, like, yeah, keep, get that, get that going. And then the rest of the bench was like, no, like, Hey, shut up. We need to hear the play, uh, which I thought was pretty funny, but I just didn't see a lot of like bouncing around or anything like pregame, you know, I mean, you know, taking this business and, and all that, I understand. Um, but you just didn't see, you did not see a team that was loose. Um, and they played like it. They played, they, they played poorly overall against the bad football team. And again, I hate Thursday football for, for a lot of reasons, because that's usually a lot of times it's pretty sloppy, limited game plans, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just didn't see a team that was in stride. And I was, I was kind of hoping that they were going to take that momentum from Minnesota and, and really work that in. So a little bit, you know, disappointing. Uh, this is one of the last games that I think was a truly winnable game where they deserve to be favored uh, for the for the season. The rest of the season, there's going to be a lot of tough games. I mean, there's there's some teams on this schedule that are that's not going to be fun to do bear and balance, even even a day later. <laughs> well, I mean, this was not as balanced as we usually are because it was just so much bad. I mean, it's just a lot, a of, lot bad. of bad stuff. I mean, we knew it though, but we knew going into this season, it's a bad football team. You know, right. I think we, we both had them like, you know, around six wins is our prediction, you know, and but we kept trying to, hey, let's see how Justin Fields does. And, you know, it's if we're not even seeing that, we're not learning anything about our favorite team. It's just really tough. And it's interesting you mentioned the energy because they practice in full on Wednesday. Hmm. And, and I know that, that they uh, usually, you know, you just walk through, walk through, walk through, you know, those those days, you know, leading up and but, you know, I'm sure it wasn't a a full practice, but it was more fuller than what teams usually do. And, and I was listening to sports radio. I forget which one it was in Chicago, but they were talking about how that's a built-in excuse. Now, if something happens, they come out flat, they can always go back and say, well, you know, why do you guys practice on Wednesday when you had a game on Thursday? So, you know, this is just, you know, makes you wonder, you know, and then of course, as the game's going on, nothing's going their way. I mean, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot constantly, you know, you can kind of understand how they would get dejected here. And, you know, you, you don't want to see that happen. But, you know, short week, Thursday night. Oh, I, I don't like Thursday night football myself. I'm just not a fan. I think these guys – I think if you're going to do Thursday night football, then you have to have an a, a 18-week schedule. You have to give these guys two buys. I've been preaching this for as long as I've been writing about the Bears. I've been preaching the same thing. 18 weeks two buys that gives the TV stations one more week of, of ad sales, you know, yeah, you're extending the season a little bit, but you know what? These stupid ass preseason games, get them out of there. Anyway, I'd much rather have a preseason game, be a nice event at soldier field, have a, a nice scrimmage there. You get just as much work out of that as you do. And actually going through and running through the motions with your, your first team offense for, for six plays, you don't get anything out of that. So, do a game, simulate a game at the stadium, two preseason games, eight in game season, two buys. Let's go. Yep. I've uh, been talking about it for a long time. Early season yeah, buy, both, late season yeah. buy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one, one of those, like it, you have to have a bye week if you're going to play Thursday, like the next Thursday. So yep. it's a full 10 days rest yep. until the Thursday game. And then you get another 10 days rest or however that, you know, that works out. Um, and the, then the second buy, or you know, the first buy, depending on where it lands on your schedule, is the the traditional buy where you're where you're off for two weeks, and you can make it you can make it work as yeah somebody's going to have a week two buy, 
that's whatever, right? And then you start those Thursday games in, in week three. But who cares? Like, who cares that it's better? If you care about player safety at all, like you say you do, that is the thing to do. And we would get rid of a lot of this bad product. Honestly, it's bad product. That That's that's the biggest win for the NFL is no one's going to complain about these Thursday days, Thursday games being crappy because they're going to be fully game planned and fully rested. So, you know, you want to make it a big deal. You can put marquee matchups on Thursday nights because they're both going to be ready to go. Yep. And that absolutely, if I, if I can change one thing in the NFL, that's what I would change. That I, I, Honestly, that's what I've changed. Because I like Thursday football. I like watching. I like watching it on my calendar. It's another night. It's one game. I just can focus on one game. It's a night that I get to watch football. I like that. I don't watch college football. So I'm I'm cool with this other night. But it's bad product. Yeah. I mentioned 18 weeks. Players. I mentioned 18. I mean, it's already 17 game season. My I'm mentality. Yeah, yeah, I, like like me, I, 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 I never liked the 17 game season myself. No, I always I thought if it had stayed a 16 game season, 18 weeks, two buys, there's just, there's, but you know, it's, it's money. I mean, it's the, we're all going to watch Thursday night games. You know, even yeah. if it is a 12 to nine stink fest or a 12 to seven stink fest, we're all tuning in. The ratings are great. You know, the product sucks, but, it's professional football. NFL is king, and uh, they're not going to change because they know we're going to be there anyway. Good pizza, bad pizza. Who cares? It's pizza, Pizza's right? Pizza. Like it's the yeah, same exactly. thing. NFL, exactly. NFL football. All right. Well, uh, schedule is a little weird, you know, with with this uh, Thursday going into Monday game. We'll be back next Tuesday to talk about Bears Patriots on on this podcast. There'll be other podcasts that will be going up, of course. So I'm talking about this game or elements of it others talking about you know bigger picture stuff and we'll get into preview stuff for for the patriots as well uh other than that you know hit like subscribe join us where you're at follow us on twitter follow whatever like you know that that stuff helps that's nice get your portillo's player of the week in on those outlets i'm telling you your odds are really good the last couple weeks if you got in don't let that happen again but put your name in Put your name in, guys. Like you know, let's let's get you some beef. Let's let's get you some uh, some Chicago dogs. So, uh, anything from you? Nah, just like you said, it's a uh, it's a little different schedule, so it's kind of weird. But uh, you know, the like the the stats and staff counts went up. You know, today. You know, Davis Jacobs notes went up today. So, like you know, we'll have no game to recap on Monday. So, I'm not sure what we're gonna do. I know we got a couple. Uh, the trade deadline's coming up, so I know we're gonna have something on the trade deadline, which you know. I don't expect Ryan Poles to be too heavy in, but I hope he's listening. I hope he's got some feelers out there and looking for some guys that he can kind of, you know, bring in at a low cost, you know, something that there may maybe a, a swap of picks. Sometimes someone's just looking to get, you know, get out of the contract. And, you know, the Bears, they still have some money this year. I think they're, they're top 10 in cap space for this season. So there's some moves to be made if they want to make some moves. Just do something because the product we're watching is not fun. Just poke them with the stick. Do something. All right, guys. Appreciate you joining us for this one. Uh, I know it wasn't as balanced as uh, some of the others, but uh, that's what happens when when they play like this. So uh, thanks for joining us. And until next time, bear down. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 